Thank you for listening to Changed by His Word, a podcast of Pine Level Missionary Baptist Church featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We invite you to join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. For more information, visit us online at pinelevelmbc.org. And now for today's message. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, the Bible says, In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place, and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let us go somewhere else, to the towns nearby, so that I may, may preach the gospel there also, for that is what I came for. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out the demons. Listen to the following article by Stephanie Thurot. And I quote, I should be nailing this working from home thing these days. I've been based in a home office for years, so I'm, now, I'm not adjusting to Zoom meetings or missing my colleagues. My kids are self-sufficient. I'm not sick or caring for anyone else who's sick. With gyms and restaurants closed and travel restricted, I have lots of free time. I feel like I should be getting much done, but I'm not. I'm distracted and fighting to concentrate. I'm in bed a little longer every night. I'm still not sleeping well. I'm spending more time than ever scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, and Medium. It feels like an accomplishment to play words with friends. Turns out I'm not the only one struggling. We're feeling less productive and more fatigued because we're not equipped for this, says Melanie Rose Mills, a family relation expert. Even those of us who are used to working from home are not used to COVID-19. We're facing a very real threat, and a psychological response is inevitable, says Beth Darnell, associate professor and psychologist of Stanford University School of Medicine. In the face of this threat, our nervous systems can shift into high alert. Our heart rates and respiration rates can climb. We might have anxious thoughts. All of this is physically fatiguing, Darnell says, and mentally, it's difficult to concentrate on work details. End of quote. You see, before COVID-19, at the end of the day, there were times that I would find myself physically exhausted. I'd been going here or, bringing, or been going there and doing this and doing that. I was working and, and serving and keeping busy. But since COVID-19, at the end of the day, there are many times that I find myself physically and mentally exhausted. You know, the struggle is real. This COVID-19 and quarantine has forced me to do things that I've never done before. It's caused me not only to think outside the box, but to, to step outside the box as well. And I'm sure if you're honest this morning, the same is true of you. You can relate to what I'm saying. As the article states so well, I imagine you are physically fatiguing, and mentally, it's difficult to concentrate. Well, in the text before us this morning, although Jesus wasn't facing COVID-19, this particular pandemic, His day in Capernaum, was filled with many miraculous events. Jesus wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of wickedness. Now listen carefully to me. He combated the devil and his demons firsthand. 
You think our struggle is real today. Imagine what it was like for Jesus when He was walking on earth and the things that He encountered and the struggles that He Himself faced. His day was exhausting. And no doubt Jesus could relate to what you and I are facing during this pandemic. He was both tired physically as well as mentally. John Phillips explains that Jesus went to bed that night and in that He was like us. He had a body of flesh and blood that, ca that called for rest. So he went to bed. But he was up again in just a few hours. Silently. He put on, the robe of sand uh, put on his robe and his sandals. And just as silently he slipped out of the house. He also was like us in that he needed to get alone with his heavenly father. His outer man having been renewed by a few hours of sleep. His inner man had to be renewed too. He needed guidance for the day. The Lord slipped away before the events of another day could come crowding in. He needed to be alone with God. End of quote. This morning I want to share a message with you that I've simply entitled, What You Need Most. What You Need Most. And I want to point out three truths we learned from Jesus and His ministry. And I hope that these will both encourage and challenge you today. Notice first that Jesus needed time to rest. In the early morning, the Bible says, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house. If you remember in the earlier verses of, of chapter 1, Jesus was preaching on the shores of Galilee. Then we know the scene shifts from Galilee to Capernaum. And while in Capernaum, a number of important events took place. Jesus preached in the synagogue. He cast a demon out of a man. He went to Peter's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. The Bible says that he healed many other various diseases and cast out many other demons. And on top of all of this, a multitude had gathered around him. There were many people around Jesus to hear him and see him. So in other words, the word quickly spread as to what Jesus was doing. The lives that he was touching, the lives that he was changing. You see, he was a man that was teaching with authority. He was a man that when he spoke, even the demons, the demons of hell obeyed. And here it would be easy for us to, to move past what we find in the text and, and jump over to the next big event. And I want to emphasize the word big because what we see take place following these verses that I just read is another big event. But I think that we find tucked away in these verses something that's even bigger. And I, I hope you'll pay close attention to the text before us this morning. After a busy day's work, needless to say, Jesus was tired. He was tired and he needed rest as well. And by studying the life of Jesus, his humanity is clearly evident. Yes, Jesus was the God-man. He was 100% God and 100% man. Yet he was confined of this mortal human body, the same type of body that you and I have. He had a human mind, and as I pointed out a few weeks ago, speaking of Jesus, Luke tells us this, that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Jesus also needed, though, the basic necessities of life. Don't overlook this. Jesus needed food just like you and me. Matthew 4, 2 says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Jesus got hungry. Probably close to the, the 12 o'clock hour on Sunday he got hungry, like many of you do. Not only did he get hungry, he also needed water. In John chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus said these words, I thirst 
He also needed physical rest. In John 4, 6, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. He needed physical rest because his flesh lacked physical strength. But notice this also. Jesus needed sleep. He needed sleep. I'm reminded of the account in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, when the disciples are worried. They're on the Sea of, of Galilee, and, and they can't imagine what's about to, to overtake them. There's this, these uh, bolsterous winds, and the, the sea is raging. And where is Jesus? Jesus is asleep in the stern on a pillow. So he needed sleep, and they awoke him because they were frightened. But it's easy to overlook the fact that Jesus, too, needed rest. Yet he took the necessary time to rest, and after he rested, the Bible says that he got up early in the morning. In other words, he got up, as we would say around here, at the crack of dawn. He got up after he had rested because he had to do something of utmost importance. He had to spend time with his heavenly Father. So the Bible says that early in the morning, he left Peter's house, and he went away to a solitary place. I want you to think about this. If Jesus needed rest, how much more so do you need rest? If the, the Son of Man, God in the flesh, needed rest, how much do you need rest? Hey, I've got to confess this morning, during this quarantine time, I've not gotten the kind of rest that I need. You may say, well, what in the world are you doing, Pastor? You're, you're home all the time. Why hadn't you got any rest? Well, Heather and I are trying to raise five kids, amen? And although kids need a lot of love, parents also need a lot of rest, amen? So we're taking it one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. And even during this quarantine, there are days that are just not easy. There are days that are hard. There are days that are, are difficult to walk through. But some days are easier than others. Let me ask you this morning, what about you? Hey, have you figured it all out? Have you got all your, your I's dotted and your T's crossed and, and you totally understand this quarantine and you're living a, a life of quarantine well? Hey, maybe you can shed some insight and give us some helps on what we need to do. But we're all trying to figure this out as we walk through it. But praise God, we've still got the Lord with us. He's still going to walk with us. He's still going to lead us. He's still going to direct us. And He's going to show us the way that we are to go. And I believe we find that here in the text before us. Jesus needed time to rest. Likewise, I need time to rest. What about you this morning? Do you find yourself in a similar situation? You're watching this morning via Facebook or YouTube. And you say, you know, Pastor, you're right. I need some rest. I need to follow the example of Jesus. I need to rest as He did. Jesus needed rest, and so do you. Let me ask you, what, act, what action will you take this morning to get that rest? Perhaps it's to go to bed just a little bit earlier. What action will you take? Not only did Jesus need rest, the second thing I want you to note is this. Jesus also took time to refuel. I want you to think about it from this perspective. You've got a gas tank in your car, right? That gas needle doesn't always stay on full, uh, full. You drive a little ways or a long ways, and before you know it, the gas needle's all the way down. What have you got to do? You've got to stop and you've got to refuel. And the same is true concerning your body. You've got to have time to rest. You've got to have time to refuel. Look at what the text says in the latter part of verse 35. 
And he went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Hey, Jesus, what are you doing? You know everybody's looking for you. There's a multitude of people gathered around that want to see you. But what did Jesus do? Two things I want you to note here of, of utmost importance. The first is this. Jesus understood the importance of a secluded place. Early in the morning, even while it was still dark, Jesus went away to be with His heavenly Father. The Bible says He went away to a secluded place. In other words, a, a solitary place. A place free from the distractions and the cares of this world. And this was not a one-time incident for Jesus. No, Luke tells us that Jesus would often slip away to the wilderness so that He could pray. In other words, this was a regular pattern in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And likewise, you and I are to follow His instructions. In Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, When you pray. Did you catch that? Not if you pray. When you pray. Go into your inner room. Close your door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. So this is one of those things that you don't need to ask or seek the Lord's guidance concerning. You don't need to pray to God and pray and ask the Lord if you, if you should pray. It's a given. For the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be praying. It's a given. But notice also the place of prayer. The place of prayer. When you pray, you're to go into your inner prayer room, to your prayer closet. Now this is not necessarily speaking of a physical room, although it can be a physical room. I know people uh, through, throughout the years that have have had different places that they would go to pray. Some it would be in just a room in a recliner they would sit in. Now be careful about that because you, you have a tendency to fall asleep. For others it would be just a, a place outdoors that they would walk to. A place where they could be alone with the Lord. But wherever that place is, in that place you're to shut the door so to speak. You're to be free from the distractions. Hear me out. Free from the distractions. There are times that I've gone and sat down in my office and set my phone on my desk, closed my door, and I've said, Lord, I'm going to pray. And no sooner than I've bowed my head do I hear, or I hear the phone ringing, or a text message coming through. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you to spend time with the Lord. The devil didn't want Jesus to get away to spend time with His heavenly Father in this secluded place. But it's something that you and I must do. So it's a place where God has your undivided attention. And you have the Lord's undivided attention. And you open the Word of God. Listen to me. You open the Word of God. And you get into the Word of God. And you allow the Word of God to get into you. That's how you're going to grow spiritually. That's how you're going to grow during times like this. By spending time with the Lord. By getting alone with the Lord to pray. So we see the importance of a secluded place. Also notice the importance of prayer. Jesus understood the importance of prayer. He spent time praying early in the morning in that secluded place. He went away to get along with His heavenly Father. And the picture that you see on the display there is, is right there on the shores of Galilee, a mountainside, close to the Mount of Beatitudes. And I believe it was a place just like that that Jesus said, Hey, fellas, let me leave from Capernaum here where he had been teaching in the synagogue and let me slip away from Peter's house 
over into the hills, probably overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And he got alone and he simply said, Heavenly Father. And he lifted up his prayers to his Father in heaven. Did you know that people can overcomplicate prayer? I think we have a tendency to do that. Someone may say, well, I can't pray. You want me to pray in public? Are you kidding me? I can't pray. Well, you can talk to a buddy or a friend or a neighbor, right? Prayer is this. It's simply communication with God. Hey, and if you don't verbalize that prayer in an audible voice, God can still hear you. Hey, you may just lip sync. God can hear that as well. You may not even move your lips. God still knows the intents of your heart. Amen? Just, just go to the Lord and be open and honest before Him and lift up your prayers and your petitions to Him. It's communication with God. And the Bible tells us, for those who are in Christ, for the believer, that we are to pray without ceasing. We're to continuously Pray, in other words, to remain in this attitude of prayer, this attitude of devotion. And, and whether you realize it or not, prayer is the most powerful weapon you have as a believer. But yet, it's, it's the last resort for so many of us. Your prayer doesn't have to be fancy or elaborate. No, it just needs to be sincere and from the heart. From your heart to God's heart. And this is an area where I've got to confess, I don't always pray as I should. That may be a shock to you. But I'm human just like you, amen? And there are many times when I think to myself, I should have prayed more. I should have spent more time in God's Word listening to Him and lifting up my prayers and petitions to Him. So often I fail to pray. I mean, I've got work to do, right? God's called me to be a preacher. I've got, I've got people to minister to. I've got sermons to prepare, right? Pray. Oswald Chambers once said, Prayer doesn't fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Ouch. Amen? I've got to be diligent and serious about prayer. I've got to view prayer as a priority and not a last resort. And if you're honest this morning, the same is probably true of you. I've said this before and I'm going to keep on saying it. I've yet to meet the first person that's come up to me and said, You know, Pastor... Woo! I'm exhausted. Well, what in the world have you been doing? I've just spent too much time praying. I've not met the first person that said that. No, it's quite the opposite of that. Pastor, I hadn't prayed as all. I haven't spent as much time with the Lord praying as I should. If there's ever been a time, listen to me, if there's ever been a time when the people of God needed to pray, that time is right now. You and I need to be praying and lifting up our prayers and our petitions to the Lord. Jesus understood the importance of that, and so should we. One more thing before we move on to the next point. I've shared this before, but lots of times, if you know my family, they like McDonald's. We can't always agree on where we're going to go eat. About half of us want McDonald's, the others don't. But we'll go to McDonald's and we'll grab something through the drive-thru and, and we'll take off down the road and, and I'm driving and Heather's sitting over here in the passenger seat and she's working on getting the food together for the kids and I'll say, well, we need to pray before we, before we uh, uh, eat the food. So we're driving down the road and I'll close my right eye and kind of bow my head for us to pray. But I got my left eye open and Heather will slap me on the shoulder. Open your eyes. We need to pray. Even if you're riding down the road, 
You need to pray. There's no place on planet earth you can go where you cannot pray. There was time to rest. There was time to refuel. And, and during this time to refuel, that's when Jesus sought His heavenly Father. He went away from the distractions and the cares of the world to spend time with His heavenly Father. Notice thirdly though, there's also time needed to refocus. Time needed to refocus. Look at verses 38 and 39. And he went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee. Now he was in the synagogue in Capernaum. Preaching and casting out the demons. Now we're going to see this time and time again as we continue to move through Mark's gospel. He's already healed a multitude of folks. He's already cast out numerous demons. And we're going to see the mighty power of Jesus as we continue to move through. But I want you to see something here. And when I thought of these verses, I was reminded of baseball. I know that many of you are ready for baseball season to kick back off. Many of you are ready to watch some games. I'm a baseball fan. I like to watch baseball as well. But, but as I was thinking about this text, I was reminded of baseball. During a baseball game, oftentimes the manager will look out there at the umpire and he'll say, oh, time out. And he'll head off towards the, the pitching mound, trot out there, and then you'll see the catcher. He'll take off headed towards the mound. And then before you know it, the infield, they're gathered around at the mound. And, and the manager pulls the guys together, and he says something like this. He says, hey, we've got to be careful with this batter. We don't want to throw anything fast and right in the middle of the strike zone. I mean, this can be potentially dangerous for us. Uh, we've got to throw him a strike. Yes, we've got to strike him out. We've got to, to play deep in the infield. We, we've got to be on our knees and on our toes. And, and we've got to be prepared. All we've got to do is get one more out, guys, and we can head back into the dugout to bat. I imagine this scene was very similar to that. I imagine Jesus gathered these guys around him for just a little pep talk, just a little time to refocus. Now, now I don't think Jesus needed to refocus, not to the extent that these guys needed to refocus, and here's why, because we know that Jesus was all about His Father's business. We know that Jesus sought to follow His heavenly Father's will. But yet, the crowds especially, and also these disciples, they needed some time to refocus. Hey, if we're honest, we need a little time to refocus as well. And what Jesus does here, I love, because He reminds them of what's of utmost importance. It's as though Jesus calls them to the mound, pulls them together and says, Fellas, I've come to earth for one purpose. And that is to proclaim the gospel, the good news. And now it's time, since I've spent time with my Heavenly Father in prayer, I've performed a, a number of miracles here in Capernaum. It's time for me to move from this town over to the next town throughout all of Galilee so that I can fulfill the mission for which I came. I can proclaim the good news. And here I believe Jesus gives these words to help them refocus, to help them concentrate and to look to Him. I believe they needed to take their eyes off their concerns and off their circumstances and to put their eyes back on the main thing. Hey, the main thing is the gospel. And the gospel changes everything. The gospel can do for you what you could never do for yourself. It's the gospel that changes lives.
Hey, if you're like me, this coronavirus and this quarantine and, and all this other mess that comes along with it has caused you to lose focus. You've taken your eyes off the Lord. Hey, maybe you're watching this morning and you've not listened to a sermon or been in the church in months or years. And God's going to use that this morning to grab a hold of your heart and to show you what's most important. To get your mind and your eyes and your heart focused, refocused on the main thing. It's time for us to take our eyes off this mess. It's time for us to put our eyes back on the Lord. Now, I'm not saying to be foolish. We've got to be wise. We've got to use common sense. We've got to use general precautionary measures. But don't allow the mainstream media and the rants on Facebook to consume your life. Amen? Allow the Word of God and the Lord to consume your every thought. Amen. I'm going to amen myself this morning. Praise God for that. We need to take our eyes off our circumstances, off of ourselves. And put our eyes back on Jesus. I believe these disciples, they hadn't been walking with Jesus long. But even in that short amount of time, I think they had taken their eyes off, them, off the Lord and put their eyes back on self. They were concerned with the multitude. Hey, we've got to find Jesus. Everybody's looking for Him. And then we find this verse, 39. He went into their synagogues throughout all Galilee... Why did he do that? Preaching, proclaiming the good news, and performing miracles, casting out demons. Hey, what they needed most were these reminders. What they needed most was Jesus. They needed time to rest. They needed time to refuel, and they needed time to refocus. That's the disciples that walked with Jesus. Some 2,000 years later, what about you? You're a disciple. You're walking with Jesus. Do you need that time to rest? Do you need that time to refuel? Do you need that time to refocus? If you're honest, you probably do. And it's my prayer that you'll take the time to do just that. You've been listening to Changed by His Word, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged by this message. If you have any questions about the message or about your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact Pastor Brad at changedbyhisword at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.